Victoria Cafaso was a 20-year-old Italian tourist who was holidaying on Tasmania's east coast in 1995. I honestly do this interview reluctantly as this is a very sensitive issue that uh, needs to be dealt with in an appropriate manner so that we don't open up old wounds and uh, inflict unnecessary angst back into our community. I'm speaking with Mick Tucker, the Breaker Day Mayor who also owns the local St Helens news agency. He's talking with me today about the day that Victoria was murdered 25 years ago on October the 11th. Not because he wants to, but because he feels like he has to. Poor Victoria Capasso, her family, how they could suffer what has happened and with no closure, I, I think if anybody in our community and I would have knowledge, they would have passed it on. I'm Amber Wilson and this is Gone Girls, a five episode podcast series from the Mercury looking into the Tasmanian cold case mysteries of Victoria Cafaso and Nancy Grunwald. It's the anniversary of a horrific event that occurred in the nearby pristine beachside township of Beaumaris. A blanketing silence hangs over that community. The barbaric murder of a young and attractive visitor has literally become an unspeakable crime to the town's 285-odd residents, most of whom seem to adhere to a code of silence when it comes to their past. The townsfolk of Beaumaris are known for their reluctance in talking to journalists or writers who come asking about Victoria, or German backpacker Nancy Grunwald, who disappeared nearby just two years prior. Well, the feeling in the town was of great concern because nobody knew who the perpetrator was, and until this day they don't. So obviously, like any communities, uh, the fear of potentially having somebody living in your community who could have done that attack was absolutely psychologically damaging. And uh, we have a lot of people who uh, had a lot of fears, and I don't want to open up old wounds. Here the locals live in pastel weatherboard homes that gaze sleepily over one of Tasmania's most pristine coastlines. It's almost impossible to imagine Victoria Cafaso fighting to save her life during a frenzied attack on the town's windswept shores. And it's nearly as difficult to imagine the effect that murder had on the picturesque beachside township, which changed forever on the day her body was discovered in the sea foam by a local walking her dog. Spending some time at Beaumaris and Scamander, I tried and failed to speak to a number of locals about what happened here. It was bewildering and a bit frustrating. I recorded some of those thoughts while driving between those two towns on the east coast. So we spoke to the, the new owner of the Surfside Motor Inn who's um, just moved into town a week ago with, with stars in his eyes and big dreams to uh, turn this quite retro 19... 50s, 1960s motoring into something um, modern and, and beautiful um, and, and he was very guarded of course, he was very friendly but um, you know, he ping-ponged us up to the, the local fish and chip shop. The fish and chip shop people um, at first suggested that we go and speak to the post office and then they, then they put us in touch with um, uh, a local chap that they reckon that would, has an opinion about everything and wanted to chat about stuff. Um, but then we got sent to the supermarket to try and find him. So it's actually been literally 
ping pong from one location to another to another to another so it, it's it's a bit tricky not to get the sense or the vibe that we're being um, pawned off politely to someone else for to be their problem instead um, certainly that there might be some some truth and some veracity in, in um, what the man Mick Tucker said about people wanting to move on there is still a lot of people in our communities who were here and are very much aware and was very, very concerned and, and scared at the time. Uh, and that went on for a long time. Uh, and, and eventually, we've, I suppose, we, we live in a community that is such a peaceful, law-abiding community that when you have an episode of that nature, it's only natural to absolutely be at everybody's mind, front and foremost. And a lot of people were very fearful uh, of what may happen next. Initially, there were more than 300 persons of interest in relation to Victoria's death. That number was brought down over time to a few key suspects, but still to this day, no one has ever been charged. You can imagine the effect on this community, which, as Mick tells me, is not just a collection of townships, it's more like one big family. We're resilient, we've been through bushfires, we've been through floods, we come out, we help each other. We're constantly stepping up to the plate. But to have something of the nature that's happened uh, with Victoria is something that, uh, it's your worst nightmare. I'm interested in mixed thoughts on the suspects, but every time he shuts it down. So there is a feeling in the community that He's not here anymore, correct? I don't know because we don't know who he was. I would never put my name to suspecting anybody uh, and I don't think many other people would in our community either. Mick clearly wants to protect his community. He says it's time to close this chapter of the book, it's time to move on. He says unless and until someone is charged, it's time to bury these ghosts of the past. Before you were saying you don't think that um, that there will be a, a true sense of closure until a perpetrator is, is, is caught and brought to account, do you see that actually happening one day? I would love to see it happen. I do not know if it ever will. We've had some of the most amazing people in Australia, in the police force, work their way through this and unfortunately I don't think they've come up with a conclusive amount of evidence to nail the person that they believe or people that may have been involved to uh, have this case solved otherwise they would have done. I get it. What Mick is saying makes sense. He's a mayor who cares about his community and he wants to protect them. He doesn't want them living in fear and reopening the trauma of their past. And he's right that it has been a very long time since Victoria's murder and Nancy's disappearance. So perhaps it is unfair that Beau Morris and Tasmania's East Coast are still making headlines for those awful events. But it's also true that Victoria and Nancy should still be alive. Victoria would be in her mid-40s now and Nancy would be in her early 50s. Perhaps they'd have families now, kids and dogs and careers. But all their possibilities were taken from them and their families who still don't know what happened to them on those fatal days back in the 1990s. Moving on, when there's been no one ever charged, 
and we remain in the dark about how they met their end just isn't so easy. I think we owe it to Victoria and Nancy to keep asking questions and to never give up trying to solve these cases. Thank you for listening to the Mercury's podcast series, Gone Girls. Narrated by Amber Wilson, recorded by Luke Bowden and edited by Russell Petterwood. News doesn't have to be boring. The Brits have given Prince Harry a new nickname after yet another tell-all interview. Oh, God, is it the ginger winder? <laughs> <laughs> Let the team at news.com.au get you up to speed each day with their podcast from the newsroom. A couple were busted joining the Mile High Club. Well, I guess they can't fly virgin anymore. <laughs> Politics, sport, red carpets, royals. Get all the goss in just a few minutes. Follow from the newsroom wherever you get your podcast from. Listener.